Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I knew what I was going to do was going to be very special with my life. I'm an example just to show people that like, you come up from nothing. Prince had dedicated his whole legacy to celebrating women, celebrating women of color, and celebrating positive music. I'm going to uphold that. You're your own worst critic. I feel like you should be it anyways, but I, I'm always that, and I was just hating my song, so I was hating myself. Some people are at their cubicle job right now making way less than us. Some people are across the world in a goddamn sweatshop making like nothing a day, and we're getting paid to sing and dance. To sing and dance, that's a blessing. Artists out here, they're just willing to settle for anything. You know what I mean? And once you're willing to settle for anything, you deserve anything you settle for. Yo, this young murder. Yo, this is Lizzo. This is August Regal. What's good? It's Kehlani. This is your man, Blake Carrington. You're listening to The Come Up Show. Get inspired. Hey, welcome to The Come Up Show podcast. My name is Chuddo. I'm the host and founder of The Come Up Show. And my guest today is McCullum Man, a musician that most people know him for producing Gold Link's song, While I Die. McCollum has also shared the stage with Gold Link, Khalid, Lita, James Graves, River, Tiber, just to name a few. Sometimes McCollum on stage as a DJ, other times he's singing his own original music backed by his bandmates. McCollum tells me why it's a great time to be a creative in Toronto. He also breaks down why music is sacred and why he feels like some musicians or most musicians should have a responsibility to their people. McCullough Man on the Come Up Show podcast. Let's go! Please introduce yourself. So I go by McCullough Man, real name Matthew McCullough. I like to consider myself to be a musician first and foremost. And so numerous things fall under that umbrella. Singer, producer, DJ, um, songwriter, but musician. Say the name again. McCullough Man. A lot of people must get that wrong. They do. And um, a lot of people have told me I should change my name, but um, I'm down to keep it the same, just have people understand it. McCullough Man, McCullough Man, McCullough Man. McCullough Man. Yes. I, thought, I always thought that was a McCullough Man. Uh, that's not the way to pronounce it. I'm cool no. with that too. McCullough Man, McCullough Man, McCullough Man. Either way is cool. So McCullough Man. Yep. McCullough Man. All right. Man, like Superman, but McCullough Man. McCullough Man. Yeah. All right. I got it. Yo, welcome to the Come Up Show. Thanks for having me, man. Uh, happy to have you. Uh, let's talk about the show that you got coming up, and that is uh, part of a, an overall uh, lineup, Summer Interlude mm-hmm. 2017, featuring Darren Falana, Layla Day, Jade Inc., McCullumman, mm-hmm. V, uh, Osei the Native, uh, DJ Louis V, and Alvilton. I don't know how to, I'm never. I think it's Element. Element? Yeah. No, it's, this is Let not Element. I know Element. Oh, sorry. Evolution. I'm sorry. Evolution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, 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 I know about it. Yeah. Uh, that's happening uh, Thursday, June 8th, 2017 at Supermarket 268 Augusta Avenue. We have the uh, information available at thecomeupshow.com. Doors open at 9. Show starts at 10. Tickets are sold online. Eventbrite.com. But go to thecomeupshow.com or our Instagram at thecomeupshow. You can find all the full details about that. Shout out to the people at uh, Soundstock, 
and Jesso. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be a good night. Uh, when you see like lineups like this, uh, and people are actually interested in coming out to things, is this different than like four, five, six years ago? Um, Would people care? Maybe not like so that? much. I mean, <laughs> let's the, be real. Yeah, the lineup is a pretty good lineup, though. Yeah. So I feel like even without my name, they do like a really good. It'll be a really good night. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, definitely when I started it, um, it was slow. It was a lot smaller venues, um, a lot smaller crowds, and um, yeah. But I mean, it, it all worked in my favor. Like it definitely helped me. Cause I didn't start as a singer. I started as a producer. So when I was doing the smaller shows, it helped to build my confidence. Uh, with a smaller crowd to then obviously getting to bigger and bigger crowds as time goes by. So I appreciate the whole the whole run. I feel like that's the one thing that's missing today in SoundCloud, you know, artists mm. who build a large following, right, on SoundCloud. They got all these thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, but have not done one show. Yeah. And then when they do a show, there's like hundreds of people interested in coming and seeing them and then they suck. Is that a thing? Does that happen? You, you've never seen this happen? You've never... No? No, no maybe I'm blessed that way. Uh, well, it's, we're not talking about you, obviously. What we're yeah. talking about, like, it's a blessing for... Like, you know, like, that's usually how people... They go to open mic shows, they go to shows, they open up, and they, they perform, and they build, 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 build. Yeah. But that that does happen. Maybe not a lot, but that that is a real thing where artists are building stuff, uh, following on SoundCloud, and they pop, and then... But then their live show's not there. Mm, that's interesting hmm. that's interesting I mean I don't know I, I see that can suck for the people who paid the money for the tickets but at the same time I feel like um, those bedroom artists or people who make music online if they have the following they can still make their iTunes sales and make money other ways so hey however you, you can do it you do it right show money is still important though yeah so many is important. You're right. You're yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, they're probably beating me definitely on like the Spotify sales and the iTunes sales. So uh, it's good to, I guess, be balanced either way you go. But uh, again, it takes that first step of doing the show to realize where you're at, whether you are comfortable or whether you, like you said, are a bit below the bar. But uh, yeah, hopefully you can judge that and just keep going, keep practicing. And I'm sure those guys who um, might have sucked the first time, they've gotten coached to be better as they go on, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was your first show? What was the, or what was the show that you were the most nervous? Um, the first Take show was, to that memory. The first show I was the most nervous about was probably the one where I first sang. Um, it was a show with um, a group called Balance. Um, so this this group of guys. Uh, Corey and, uh, and some photographers and videographers, they run this show where they uh, invite producers to um, play their music live. So instead of just DJing it, you actually play it live. So you can play on a keyboard, play on the drums, whatever. You can have your band play the, your productions. And so I used that show to play my music live for the first time and also sing it live. And that was probably the most nervous I've ever been for a show. Like the DJ gigs are a lot easier because you don't have to do that. You don't have to put yourself out there. But definitely when you start to sing and you use your voice, it's uh, a lot more vulnerable and you're more open to scrutiny. Mm, so how how does that look like on stage if you're playing your beats live and singing on the on the same time? That looks like a, that sounds like a lot. Um, or it, no, um, it's a not really for me. Yeah. Like yeah. for me, I what I do is I have a band, so I play keyboard and I sing, and then I have a drummer and a bassist and sometimes a saxist, and then sometimes also just do shows where it's just me and the piano. So. Um, it's it's not that much for me to break it down like really simple, and I've had a lot of experience playing growing up um playing i play drums and i play piano so i have all experience performing live such that now i'm just trying to 
like I know how to play. It's just a matter of now singing while I'm playing, which is just the skill I'm learning as I go. Mm. And what uh, what's your show gonna look like at Summer Summer's Interlude? Summer Interlude is probably yeah. gonna be me and a drummer and potentially a bassist. Um, if the drummer and I can find some time to practice because we're both busy, then it'll be me and him. Um, if not, I might just do a solo and just do a intimate keys and vocal set. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when when you're looking at uh, you know um, the circle or what's happening in our scene right now in terms of the talent that we have, what what's the energy that you're feeling? Um, I think it's a good energy. I feel like now is a great time to be a creative from Toronto. Like whether you are a musician, whether you're a DJ, whether you're a promoter, whether you're a photographer, graphic designer, I feel like now is a great time to be an artist. Um, I feel like a lot of people are looking at Toronto for artistry um like there's numerous producers we can name who are on like big albums right now or are about to come out um so there's like guys like francis god heat for example is doing really well wonder girl you have boy wonder and t-minus still doing their thing you have new guys like daniel caesar river tiber um and even photographers are coming out so it's i think it's a great time to be in the scene um a lot of people are just doing really great and there's this um positive competition going on where you see your peers doing really well so you want to also do really well and um kind of stay afloat and be on that wave to continue so um i'm not sure if that answers your question but I think it's a great time to be. A Some creative. people say we're uh, living through, a, we're going through a renaissance right now. Would you say that's a- accurate or? Um, I don't know, man. I don't know. Hindsight's twenty twenty. We'll see in a couple of years. Yeah, it's yeah. hard to tell in the moment. Yeah, it's always like when you look back and say, "Wow, that was a great time," or feel nostalgic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, feel, I feel like every time is a great time. Honestly, like I feel like when Cardi had the Rock and Drake had the Rock when they were first coming up, that was a great time. When Julie Black had the Rock, it was a great time. Um, Nelly Furtado had the Rock, it was a great time. And um, like me being a '90s kid, seeing all these different levels and stages of artistry. To me, it's always been good. Um, it's yeah, it's always been good. There's always mm. been great artists um, doing really cool things from the city. Is it uh, is it as long as there's somebody doing something or like somebody's making it, that's a good regardless. Some yeah, <laughs> but I mean somebody will somebody will always be doing it. Yeah yeah. Somebody will and to, like for me, I, I never get down by seeing other people do great. To me, that's just inspiring. Like to see someone, even if they're a different genre than me. It's inspiring to see, like inspiring to see, like I'll say Nelly Furtado, for example, when she's working with Timbaland. It's like that's a Canadian artist working with one of my favorite producers. You know what I mean? And that was like how many years ago? And now there's the same thing is happening. Like there's Canadian artists working with great producers from here and from other parts. Um, so yeah, I think it's it's always great. Hmm. If you're like most people, the first thing you do when you wake up, you grab your cell phone and you check your social media apps. Include the Come Up Show part of that routine by following us on Instagram. It's where you see original pictures of your favorite artists, inspirational wisdom from our interviews, commentary on what's happening in the culture, contests, and so much more. Follow us on Instagram right now at The Come Up Show. Uh, let's take it. Let's go. Let's go all the way back. Mm-hmm. Uh, who is Anthony D. Keys James? And what importance does he play in your life? Okay. So, you did your research. <laughs> Throwback. <laughs> yeah, so, Anthony James, Anthony D. Keys James is my cousin. Um, yeah, he's the one who got me first into making beats. He is a producer, was a producer. 
Um, he is now past. Uh, rest in peace. And he was a part of the group called Burning Keys, which is a producer group. Um, so he um, was a piano. I didn't put that together. Yeah. Burning because Keys. I saw the D Keys. But Keys was from Burden Keys. Keys is from Burden Keys. Wow, and that was your cousin. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So so he was the one who got me into producing, and he was maybe 16 at the time. I was 12. And so I saw him making beats. And that was when I like he started teaching me like what program to use, how to put things together, and whatever. So he like for me he was very influential because he was someone I looked up to, um, and admired not just because of his musical ability but because of who he was as a person. And anybody who knows him knows that he's a great person. And it's amazing. And how is he like uh, related exactly um, to you? Well. Uh, I say cousin, but it's not really. I, I was. That's why I asked. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in the Caribbean, anyone's your cousin. But but <laughs> here's the, here's the thing. I knew it. That's why I asked. Yeah, no, that's a good question. It's a good question. He, my, our parents go way back since before we were born. Yeah. So like, basically, your cousin then. Like, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah, like our our dads used to play in bands together, and so they knew each other. That so when we were born, it's just like naturally. Like I actually thought he was my legit cousin until I was about like. 15, 16. And then I knew that and I realized, oh, he's not actually related to me by blood. But like, it was that close. So that's, yeah, not really cousin, but close family friend. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So did he show you how to play instruments or you learned instruments a little bit or dabbled in that before? Um, uh, keys. He helped me, yeah. especially with piano. Like, up until I saw him play piano, I thought piano was kind of whack. Really? Like, I thought it was only just for classical music, whatever. Ah. And then I saw him play, and he was like playing Legend of Zelda themes, and he was playing like like John Legend and stuff like that. So that was when I realized, oh, like it's actually a piano could be cool, not just a classical instrument. And so he would show me some some licks, and then I would take that and I'd build on that. Um, and then I went to an, an art school as well. Um, so I yeah, just put all these things together and started making music with definitely his inspiration. Mm-hmm. But the game kind of really changed for you with uh, FL Studio, right? Exactly, exactly. So uh, tell me about that, but also tell me about the debate that people say, oh, these producers nowadays can't play real music, they can't you know, read a note, they yeah. can't da-da-da-da-da-da. And currently the, the biggest producers, some of our best producers and worldwide and North American use FL Studio to do everything. So what, what do you think of uh, the people who say, no, you should know a real instrument? <laughs> um... I don't think I don't think they're wrong, but at the same time, um, whatever you I feel like whatever tool you use to get the job done, that's legitimate. Some people use FL Studio, some people use Ableton, some people use Reason Logic. It doesn't matter. It's whatever you use that gets the job done, then it works for you. And if your music sounds good, then it sounds good. I definitely feel like musicianship helps if you know how to play an instrument. It definitely can help, especially if you know how to play piano because everyone has a MIDI keyboard. So, yeah, I think that music theory and, and knowing how to play music can help. But if you can just punch the notes in as well and make a harmony from that, then that's also music. There's, yeah, there's no right Is the piano way. one of the most fundamental instruments, would you say, in terms th of creating music? I think so. I think so now, especially because, like, most producers and, like, all the sounds you want to play come from a MIDI keyboard, generally. Like, you can trigger your virtual instruments from the keyboard, so you can play a trumpet sound from your keyboard, you can play the bass from your keyboard, you can program drums from your keyboard, so I'd say that having a keyboard is definitely, uh, for a lot of producers, can be fundamental. Hmm. 
Uh, and your so your music history like is rooted in gospel music because you were you know attending church and um, I notice a lot of the you know I've done hundreds of interviews a lot of the artists I've interviewed a lot in the states as well too uh, got their start in gospel music and I was wondering is it because um, you know because they were really young they joined a choir and they, that's how they entered into music or is it something about gospel music um, you know that allowed them to get to go places i i think that um it's probably twofold I, I feel like if people are really honest with themselves and if they listen to different music they will realize that gospel musicians are some of the best musicians in the, in the world point blank so if you're very honest with yourself if you listen to all the different types of music classical jazz r&b reggae gospel pop rock electronic you will realize when it comes down to musicianship gospel musicians are top notch so i feel like if you love music you will love gospel music whether or not you come from a church or not now if you grow up in a church you'll definitely be more exposed to that so that would help you um kind of get those chops and when you look at music genres a lot of like that are popular right now a lot of genres take from gospel um so pop right now takes from gospel a lot of young thug pulls from gospel at like the piano chords that he's playing or that the producer is playing a lot of like rap and electronic um all the different producers a lot of them are pulling from gospel roots gospel chords chord progressions and um so it definitely helps to know some gospel and that's not to say that classical or electronic or other things forms of music aren't as important but i, I think if you're trying to be the best musician you're going to learn from the best musical styles and gospel is probably up there. Mm -hmm. And why is it up there though? Like what what makes it top notch? Why do you think they're the top best musicians? Um well I think a lot of them are um my personal opinion is that a lot of them the top musicians are classically trained, but then with gospel and neo soul and R&B there also comes a point and jazz there comes a point of improvisation. So not just being able to play what you are reading and and translate like a computer but be able to play from emotion and from heart and from soul and from spirit. And that is what I think captures the ear of a lot of people. When people are playing from heart, soul, spirit, not playing from their intellect, but playing from a different place. Mm. I think J. Cole has said something like that when he's in the studio uh, doing his thing. He says, I have to leave room for God or I have to leave room for a spirit to like, to like you gotta leave room for a spiritual thing or a god or something like that. I think I heard, I heard does that make sense to you or no? That makes sense. Yeah. I, he might have said it, but I think yeah. the originator of that quote is Quincy Jones. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. So not being all technical about it, because music is is feeling. A lot of people have said that. Boy Wanda has said that to me in an interview. He he makes music based on feeling. That's a big part, yeah. I'm agreeing with you 100. <laughs> yeah. percent And uh, but you you've said also uh, that music is not the source; that it's a pulpit for emotional expression, to present personal, spiritual, philo uh, philosophical views learned or experienced in life. What does that mean? You dug deep, <laughs> oh man. I'm I'm gonna not watch shit right now, dog. Yeah, no, that's no, good. Okay. That's good, man. That is good. Um. <laughs> It was definitely like a long like uh, uh, statement that you posted on Instagram. If you want, yeah. if if you can read the caption for me that you posted, 
yeah, uh, sure. and then break that down for us. That was 83 weeks ago from today. <laughs> Creeping. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, so the caption says, music is not the source, nor is it the ultimate. It is a pulpit for emotional expression to present personal, spiritual, and philosophical views learned or experienced in life. Without lyrics, it is still possible to hear, feel where a musician is coming from. We all understand the concept of vibes. It's possible to know whether they pull inspiration from darkness or light. It's possible to hear whether they're selling you darkness or light. This goes for any art form. I'm going to stop it there. There's a bit more, but I'm going to stop it there. Um, so, I think I was really articulate. And I think anyone reading that or hearing that can understand what I mean. But to break it down, music is just a medium to express whatever the person is doing. Music is a reflection. It's a mirror. It's a mirror. If you're doing it right, if you're doing any art form right, whether it's painting, dancing, music, singing, poetry, it's a mirror of yourself. It's a reflection of yourself. And whatever you have going on within you, positive, negative, in between, that will be on the canvas. Now, music is also a mode of expression and messaging and programming. So you can program people. You could send messages to people based on what you're saying, what you're doing, the messages that you put in your music. And so that's why I think it's music is a sacred thing. I think art in general is sacred because it has the power to control. And a lot of people might not admit to that. But if you look back in your life, look back at the venues you've been, look back in the situations you've been in your life where music has had a strong hold on you, you can know that music can make you do things. Music can make you think things that you would have not thought about otherwise. So if you're a teenager and you're 13, 14 years old and you have no idea what zannies are, but you start hearing it, you're going to research and find out what zannies are. And if you hear your favorite rapper talking about popping zannies, You'll be, you become curious. What are these things? What are, what is Zannies? And when you know what it is, when the opportunity arises for you to have some, because you're at a party and they're bumping that Zanny music and Zannies come around, you might take some because you want to be as cool or like that person that you look up to, that musician, that rapper, that singer that you look up to, that artist, that poet. So musicians, artists, they have a responsibility I think to the people and maybe some don't I don't know this is just my personal opinion but I, I believe that if you're doing it right you are selfless and if you're doing it wrong you are selfish and I believe that there's two different types of artists and I believe that also everyone struggles with both so that's all I can say mm, that's really interesting yeah like uh, because the challenge is maybe sometimes if you're a struggling uh, artist and you need to survive financially, uh, by nature, you got to be selfish. You know, you got to preserve yourself and you may do things or co-opt or make music that is hot right now to get somewhere. And it's, uh, it's a fine line, isn't it? 
For some people, I, it is. I mean, but it's all, it's all it's all decisions. Everyone is free. You're free to make whatever choice you want to make. And some people choose. They just choose whatever they choose. So some people don't mind being irresponsible, and some people try to run away from responsibility and accountability. And I feel like right now, my personal opinion is North Americans in general are not about responsibility or accountability. They're just about doing whatever we want to do, when we want to do it, how we want to do it. And I answer to nobody. Yeah, and and I've I've actually thought about you know when you were talking about even before you start talking about it the Zany music or whatever, um, I've thought yo this would be very impressionable to me if I was a you know a teenager, because uh, I think you're right that music uh, can strongly influence us and even control us, but maybe consciously sometimes we might not know that, but it does have that power. It does really have that power. And on top of that, if you're in that party situation with compounding that with peer pressure, <laughs> it's over. The, it's, yeah, it can be. It can be over. Yeah. You talked about, um, you started as a producer and now that you're singing, uh, was that process scary? Yeah, it was definitely scary switching over and it still is scary. Um, Tell me about that. What what's scary about it? It's um, well, it's scary for me a because I'm not completely comfortable with my voice, with where I'm at vocally. I feel like I can be better, and I feel like my um, musical skill, like in terms of piano and and drums and producing, is a bit higher than my vocal ability. So I feel like I am not quite there. I guess is what I'm saying. And so every time I sing, it's it's definitely practice. And uh, I'm able to kind of gauge where I'm at, but um, it's it's also scary because this is your voice, like you're singing, like to be to be a black guy and to be singing is a very vulnerable thing. To be a black guy and to be dancing and to be doing ballet or to be doing something that's like unconventional can be a vulnerable thing. Um, and that's just my point of view. My, maybe not everyone thinks about this, but for me, um, coming from where I come from, it's like you're supposed to be. Growing up, I've just been doing a lot of um, sort of deprogramming because growing up in certain parts, like I grew up in Jane and Finch and like in the um, North York area, and you're supposed to be hard. You're supposed to be screw face. You're supposed to not show emotion. You're supposed to not show vulnerability. So I think I'm, I believe I'm still fighting through those things. And um, that compounded with not being 100% comfortable with where I am at in my vocal ability, it just makes it a scary experience. Um, but getting back feedback from the crowd has helped a lot. Um, but at the same, at the same time, I, I'm, I'm more harder on myself and I want to be at a certain stage in terms of my, um, vocal ability again, but I'm just not there. So that's what makes it me hard on myself and just kind of makes it, mm -hmm. makes it a bit scary. Uh, there's a couple of questions I want to ask there. I definitely want to know about the deep programming, but I, uh, what, uh, what, uh, compelled you to start singing? Um, I get numerous things. So Anthony D. Keys James, um, he, he was a singer. He's, he sang and he made beats and he sang. So I didn't realize that he sang until shortly before he passed away. Um, I was at his house with Bird. So Bird and Keys were together. I was at his house and we're, and we're working on beats and he started freestyle singing. 
And I was like, what in the world does that sound like? Where is that coming from? Who's and I, and I see it's him. And he had an amazing voice. And I was just, I just, I was blown away. And I shouldn't have been because his dad, again, was a great singer. And I remember that. But he just, I just never seen it up until then. You know someone all your life. And then all of a sudden, they're just singing. And that blew me away. And what blew me away even more is that nobody knew about this. I didn't know about this. People loved his beats. Like he had his beats out there. Like a lot of people know of Bird and Keys, and no one knows that this dude can sing. And like amazingly. And he recorded some songs that he played for me later where he recorded himself singing. And I was just like, again, I looked up to him as my bigger, bigger cousin, big bro. And so that just inspired me. And when he passed, it just struck me like he passed away and still to this day, no one has heard him sing and he's not here. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to turn up, but it's just like, that's crazy. It's crazy. Like, and there's so many other people that we all know that have gifts or have abilities that they're just hiding or suppressing that no one might ever know because you never know when your time is. And so for me to have that, that brief glimpse and for him to pass and no one no one knows this it's just like i just told myself that if i have this ability and i don't again i don't think i'm great at singing but i'm working on it cuz something i enjoy doing and if i have this like at least a slight hint of an ability to sing and put words together and get messages across with my music my my whole idea was let me just do it let me do it because other people are doing it with again bad messaging or false messaging and they're reaching people so why not why don't i try to do something and use the people who have inspired me not just their music or their ability but their personality their their heart why don't i try to spread their message and spread you know some of the things i've learned in my life that have uh, that maybe some other people can use you know that's that's kind of how that started mm-hmm. what what's that quote about don't die while the the music still in you or something like that or I don't know if I like well I'll, I'll come back to it mm-hmm. uh, but you talked about uh, vulnerability uh, especially as a black man and I think you've talked about this before that you know that black men are afraid to be vulnerable or beautiful we're not supposed to be seeing that we you know we go in the back of the bus we're in the back of the library or whatever uh, why do you think that is? I, I think I mean, I think it's obvious. I think it's because there's a lack of self-esteem. And I think it's also because like we've been uh, taught to be at the back and taught to sort of not care. And if you don't care, then you're in the back of the school class. Hmm. In the back of the library, you're just kind of on the fringes because you're not trying to be involved, right? So I think I think it's learned behavior. Um, that's all I'll say about that. The quote was, don't die while your music is still in you. Um. Yeah, man, I, I I've thought about that, and I think you had that conversation with Septo, uh, in the interview that you guys did. Mm-hmm. You produced the song, uh, "When I Die" by Goldlink. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell me about that and how that came together, and what was, what happened, what came from it. Yeah. Well, first off, much love to Goldlink because that like definitely, um, shot my career a lot forward. Um, that came about by. I, I had a, a lot of beats on SoundCloud at the time. This was a, maybe in 2012. 
I'm going to guess. And I had a lot of beats on SoundCloud just up for free download. And Goldlink was just searching through SoundCloud looking for beats to rap to. He ended up finding one of my beats, uh, downloaded them, rapped to it, and then sent it to me and asked me what I thought. And I thought it was great. Um, and that was the first song that we did called Seven Golden Lampstands, which is on my SoundCloud. Um, so ever since then, we kept in touch. And uh, he would ask me for beats and I would just send him beats. Um, and yeah, and I went through a period when I was in uh, university. And this was a time when I was when uh, Anthony passed as well. And I was got just really depressed and I wasn't making beats that regularly. And I wasn't really I was kind of quiet on the music scene. And I had this beat, the one I die beat, basically I had it for about a year until I sent it to Goldlink. And uh, I just sent it on a whim, like, here's this beat, let me know what you think, whatever, whatever. Um, and yeah, he liked it. He recorded to it. Uh, he didn't tell me much about after that. Um, he sent it to me. And then the same time he sent me the song, he said that, uh, in a few weeks it's going to be on, uh, I think it was noisy at the time and there's going to be like a music video coming out. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I've already said this numerous times, but that's, that's definitely what has shot my career forward. Cause, um, that was his first breakout single and his first video and, yeah, I'm just forever grateful for that opportunity. Yeah, when I die, I need a hundred bitches to call my phone. When I die, I need my baby girl to come back home. When I die, I hope my home so he's gonna take my throne. Oh yeah, when I die, I hope my mama get to read that poem. When I die, I just want my father to apologize. Yeah. When I die, I hope my ex don't uncover my lies. Yeah. When I die, I wonder if Q gonna live through me. Man, before I die, somebody tell single that I need that beat. And uh, Frank Ocean, what did he do? Yeah, yeah. Frank what did o he do? <laughs> yeah, Frank Ocean listed it as one of his one of his favorite songs in his magazine, which is a great look. That's a blessing. What what was that moment like? How did you find out? Tell me about it. Um, I don't know how I found out. Yeah, I oh, I think I found out from Goldlink. I think he posted it. He posted it on his um, on his Twitter. And yeah, I don't know, man. I was it was just like a dream. Like I was like, wow. Um, but even before he posted it, though, I wasn't that surprised because Goldlink. I met up with Goldlink when he did a show. Um, in Toronto. Yeah, Danforth Music Hall a couple years back. He did a show and I met up with him and he told me that uh, Frank Ocean heard it and that he liked it. So years after when the magazine came out and Frank published that, it was just like confirmation. It just felt good, like public confirmation. You know, like when people tell you secrets like that, like I, like for me, I don't go around telling people because um, you don't know if it's like I believe him. But at the same time, it's like there's no confirmation or way to, to prove it. There's no receipts. So for that to come out, it's just a blessing. It's a real receipt. Yeah, yeah, for <laughs> sure. For sure. And uh, when you get like uh, uh, signs like that, does it do anything for you in terms of motivation, inspiration, anything? It's uh, it's it's inspiration. I, I think for me, for more more so, it's just humbling. It's it's a humbling experience because, um, sometimes you you try so hard as as anybody, whatever field you're in, you try really hard to do to do good, to do great stuff, or to be recognized for doing something great, and. Uh, Sometimes you just have to let go and just let it happen. If you're doing something great, then hopefully it will come back. And a couple of things like that have come full circle. And it's just a humbling experience. It's just, it's just humbling, man. It's just humbling to know that people that you respect also respect what you do.
is humbling. Hmm. And uh, a lot of our listeners are creatives as well, too, and artists and so on. And I, I remember that I think you posted that you were looking for a manager, a booking agent to take everything to the next level. And uh, like that was over a year ago, whatever. How is that yeah. process? What is that like? Any tips that you can give to the people who are listening out there? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, you know what? Keep doing what you're doing. Keep <laughs> keep making great content. That's all I can say. Honestly, yeah. keep making great content. Like everything you do, every, every time you post something, every step you make, make sure it's like the best step you can do. That's how you get the attention of those people. Um, yeah, you, you just have to because people are always watching, you know? Like, I've been watching the Come Up show from, for a while now. Like, I've been hearing about it, seeing what you guys are doing with the photos, with the podcast for a while. And so now to be here, it's just great. You know, like, like everyone has their peripherals open. Even people that you don't think know about you, nor your, know your name, they know your name if you're doing great stuff. So, so that's the best way I can put it. Like, always put your best foot forward. Don't post anything on Instagram. Don't post a song. Don't post a poem. Don't post anything that you might feel is not your best thing. Because if you know it isn't, then people will know it's not too. And it's just not worth it. And I feel like a lot of times right now, we're so we're so trigger happy to post something. Like I haven't like, oh my gosh, I haven't posted in a day. Let me post something to Instagram just because. I haven't posted I haven't posted in so long. Let me just post a song that's like half finished. I mean like a lot of people are doing things like that. And I feel like if you just take the extra time just to make it as amazing as it can be before it goes up, that's how you get those people's attention. And those things will come through. Everything will bounce back. Hmm. Are you? Uh, would you say you're uh, you're a recluse? Yeah. 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 You're comfortable of being alone yeah. and just on your own zone. I enjoy it. Uh, what What do you like about you know being a recluse and being on your own? I enjoy the freedom of being alone. I enjoy the freedom of going to shows and not having to meet up with people before you go. I enjoy being able to leave whenever I want to leave, wherever I'm at. I enjoy being able to work on my own schedule, not having to depend on people. I enjoy um, being in my head and processing my thoughts. I enjoy um, knowing and getting to the bottom of what I believe and why I believe it. I think that when you're always around other people, there's a tendency to not fully be yourself. And there's like a herd mentality. What is the leader of the group doing? What do they believe? What do my friends believe? And so people, a lot of, this is my, just my personal belief and from my experience, but it's a tendency to sort of, when you're around other people, you don't say what you really want to say. You don't vocalize and express maybe all the thoughts that you have in your head because you're trying to be politically correct. You're trying not to hurt anyone's feelings. You're trying not to be disrespectful. You're trying not to be, trying not to do so many different things. And for me, it's just easier to, to say what I believe, especially in my music and my art, I want to know what I believe, I want to say what I believe, and I want to not care about what other people think about my beliefs. That's really important to me. Uh, how do you manage that that confidence of not caring of what people, other people think about your beliefs and you? Because that's, that's a common problem a lot of people have, right? I think you're right. I, yeah. I think it's just practice. And again, like for me, I'm, I'm really comfortable in my own skin. I'm comfortable being by myself. I'm comfortable. I'm just comfortable like that. Um, maybe just by practicing it for so long. Like if, if I'm in a situation I don't like, I leave. I don't have to explain anything to anybody. And I try not to do that more and more. Um, 
yeah there's there's a lot of especially in the i've noticed in the art scene there's just a lot of a lot of things that happen that's not sort of my way of doing things or my way of being so i'm comfortable with just popping in and out as i please and saying i'm comfortable with saying no that's it what are some of the things that you're not not you're not liking that's happening in the arts right now that's what you just touched on there's not a lot of, like i want to talk about to be honest, I can't speak on it. There's a lot of a lot of weird things that go on, a lot of weird things. But um yeah, I'll just say that much. I tried. Yeah. <laughs> um with that said, how do you balance that? Because uh at some point you need other people. Right? Yeah. For support. Whatever. Yeah. How do you make sure that, you know, you're not hollering at other people just when you need them? Because that, that's also a balance, right? I think you're right. So people don't think, oh, he, he's coming out now because he needs something from me. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You kind of sometimes have to invest in relationships. That's definitely true. That's definitely true. Um, I think I'm still learning all of that. Um, but I, I think for myself, I'm trying to also just be more self-reliant. Um, not that like all those things are important it's good to have support from other people but I'm trying to be self-reliant and self-dependable and um, I'm not sure what the other word is but just um, you you, like depend on the people you need to depend on and have those relationships but those relationships are as much as I can hold in my two hands I feel like sometimes what I used to do and I feel like what I see a lot of people do is they stretch and they want to become available to everybody and they want to be universal and they want, you know what I mean? And, and they want acceptance from everybody. For me, that's not important. I don't need to be accepted by anybody. I've accepted that I might not be a superstar. I've accepted that I might have a cult following. I've come to some just understandings about myself and about what I want that I'm comfortable with. So I'm, I'm really comfortable with having people who are into my, into my music also into just my philosophy and if you can understand me as a person, that's great. And we can get along. But um, I, I just don't like pandering. That's not my thing. I don't like pandering to people and pandering to things. Hmm. You're, you're a creative. Uh, young and hip. Is that a, what is that? Young and hip. Y-O-N-G-E. Young as in Young Street. So Young and Hip is a brand, a lifestyle brand that I'm working on. I've been working on for a while now, just on the low, and I'm turning into a clothing line. Young and Hip, so the first installment will be t-shirts, and it's just it's just going to be that. It's just going to be just cool stuff. Um, my idea is to just get creatives similar to myself um, to be sporting it and just to grow it from there. I have like I have bigger ideas, but I don't want to say too much right now. But uh, right now it's just going to be an installment of a clothing line. And at Young and Hip, there's a Tumblr account as well. Um, so I've been starting it maybe three years back. It's at 12,000 followers right now. If you guys have Tumblr, you can follow youngandhip.tumblr.com. It's y-o-n-g-e-x-hip.tumblr.com. And uh, on that Tumblr site, I post creatives from Toronto. So photographers that also have Tumblr, I'll repost their stuff. I post styles and music that I like through that Tumblr. And a lot of people don't know it's me and I've been doing it for years now. But um, yeah, it's just a lifestyle brand. Hmm. What's, how's it going? What's, tum- what's Tumblr popping? Like, like what's, because with these platforms and social media, like people, you know, you invest so much and then 
the next thing you know what i mean even yeah. now i'm hearing snapchat's kind of going down because instagram stole its features and yeah. how like what's going on like how, how do you i guess manage that in terms of you know what you invest your energy into um it's been working for me so that's how i that's why i keep going with it mm. and then when it doesn't and it'll stop but i'm definitely trying to i guess move towards the website stage where i just have a website and then everything falls under that umbrella Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's the cleanest way. You have a new instrumental tape out yes. now. Tell us about that. FYLP, for your listening pleasure. Available on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Bandcamp. Uh, it's an instrumental EP full of instrumentals that I've worked on. Um, it's just a lot of a lot of rappers and singers and artists have been reaching out to me for beats. And uh, I'm very selective with who I collaborate with. And instead of, um, again, instead of like trying to pander to a bunch of different people i just thought let me just put out some vibes that i really like put them out there for download and if people like them they could record to them maybe we'll have like a leasing feature who knows um but yeah it's just a bunch of instrumentals and sounds that i'm working on that will not make my next project so i thought let me put it out what's the next project the next project will be another ep with vocals so it's going to be a singing ep with songwriting by myself and featuring some ladies from LA from LA yeah awesome uh and uh you've you've said also another statement that like I think artists who have a story or genuinely have something important urgent to say distinguish themselves by their strength and clarity of their message what is your message I can't put it into words I think it's best just in the music yeah the music speaks for itself yeah just listen to the music yeah because people's interpretation can be different too. You want to leave it to interpretation. Is that what it is? Um, some of it, but I think it's. I think it's all there in the music. I think it's all there in the music. People will know. Yeah. What is this inspiring you? Doesn't have to be anything. What's inspiring you? Um. Right. Right now, I'm really visually inspired. So I'm. I'm inspired by a lot of different photography. Um. Inspired by photos. Inspired by what's happening on Instagram. I'm inspired by what's happening in the fashion community. Um, right now I'm really visually inspired and a lot of the visuals sort of inspire moods for sound. So that's inspiring me. What also inspires me is, is artists, certain artists. Um, for example, Frank Ocean is inspiring. Kendrick Lamar is inspiring. Sometimes their music is inspiring, but more so them as people are inspiring. Uh, Rick Rubin as well, inspiring. Um, yeah, th- People inspire me by the way that they live their life. Um, the types of people that inspire me are people who have a lot and know how to manage it and don't get sort of caught up in the whirlwind of fame. That's really inspiring to me. Hmm. Is there anything else that you would like to say to the people who are listening right now? No, I just want to say thank you, though. I really appreciate it. <laughs> it was a dope conversation. Thanks for having me, man. Summer's Interlude 2017, Thursday, June 8th, Supermarket. Go to thecomeupshow.com uh, or our Instagram to find out more details about it. Uh, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with McCullough Man on the Come Up Show podcast. Let me know what you think. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, check out our previous conversations, whether it be Khalid, they, Harrison, Wyclef John. We have hundreds of episodes each and every Wednesday, it's a brand new interview on the Come Up Show podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, 
All the information is available in the podcast description. My name is Chetto. I want to thank you for listening. I'll catch you next Wednesday. Peace. Peace.